Well, that's an awful lot. Yeah. Um, my my one question is, how's mental health throughout all of that? Mental health. Um, because it's one thing that we don't talk too much about. But yeah, it's I know. Important. I, I mean, there's a lot of it's the forefront of a lot of people's things now. Mental health wise, um, the amount of times you go into Headley Court and they make you fill in them forms. Are you okay. feeling okay? How was your mood today? Blah blah blah. Honestly, filling them forms in once you want to get PTSD from them forms because you feel like you should have it. But I consider, like I said earlier, I consider myself lucky. I can remember the whole incident and the bits I couldn't remember, the blanks have been filled in for me. I know I didn't do anything wrong that day. It was just a, it was an accident. Most things are in life are accidents. Um, but I, I was lucky I had a good family and headed court for me being in a situation where you're learning how to walk at the same time as other people are learning how to walk and you're pushing each other. Um, I kept myself busy, I think, helped. Um, so luckily, I didn't have any mental health issues. The only time I've ever had flashbacks is from the bike crash I had last year. Okay. Um, if I'm being honest, I was in Mallorca last September just doing a lap around the island with, with my wife and friends. Uh, and we climbed from Palenza, for those who've been to Mallorca, to the Pygmy Oars, the highest road on the island. So we've gone up there. I was knackered by the time I got up there. <laughs> but it's a 15-mile descent into Soler, and we were spending the night down there. So we've gone through the tunnel at the top, and I thought, I'm not going to push this. I'm just going to enjoy the descent. So I literally rolled the bike. And I, when I was in descended Wolf Creek in America, I hit 60 miles an hour at one point. I was probably doing 25, 30 going down this hill. I've come around the left hairpin. This is near the top, and I've gone to go around the right. I've pulled my brakes on my bike, tapping them, and my front tire's blown on my bike. Now, your brakes on your handbike are all on the front wheel, so I had no other way of stopping. My cycling jersey's got black lines underneath from where I've tried sticking my arms in the rear wheels to stop. Um, there's nothing stopping this bike. And as I blew, a truck came around the corner, and I've skidded into the wrong side of the road, and my front wheels hit the side skirts of the truck underneath it. And it's pushed me into the back wheel. And my left leg took the whole impact. Um, first time in my life I ever thought I was going to die. Genuinely just remember seeing the axle turning under the lorry. and go, I'm dead. Index. That's, that's what I thought. Genuinely, I'm dead. And then the next thing I know, I'm, I'm on the other side of the road looking up at the sky, lying on my back. My arm's still connected to the bike. Prostate won't stay on when I'm racing, but when you uh. press the bike, it will stay on. <laughs> um, and I... I was alive. I was like, I'm alive. And I went in straight into full on, right, I can move my neck. Well, I've not broke my arm. My other arm, seemed, well, it was connected, but I could move it. And I lifted my right leg up. I was like, that's all right. And I went to lift my left leg up and nothing happened. So I remember grabbing it, lifting it up, and there was just blood squirting out the end. It was all a mess. The end of my femur had taken the whole impact and literally crushed the end of my leg. Um, fortunately, I had a carbon fiber socket on the bike over my leg. And that pretty much, from what a friend of mine behind me said, um, that pretty much saved my leg. I reckon it was just rip, ripped off. But yeah, I, I just shouted straight away, tourniquet, tourniquet. And my friend, two friends literally just jumped on me. One of them took his cycling jersey off and just started tying it around my legs. Like, for, for, Thankfully, they're both ex-military. So tying it around my leg. Um, people are stopping. The locals are stopping traffic. Um, yeah, I was honestly on the ground, fearing for my life. I knew I was in a, in a... In Afghanistan, when you're on the deck, you know there's a helicopter coming for you. You've got a trained medic around you. you. You're in a safe place. 
as long as they can get you back. I was on the top of a mountain in Mallorca, not knowing what was going on. I should be dead. I should be dead. Um, and I kept feeling myself dropping in and out while I was up there. And David and Alan, who were with me, were just, come on, mate, stay with me. One of them put my leg underneath my helmet. Uh, it was an old man in a car. She came and got a sheet out and just held it up above me to keep the sign off, to keep the sun off my head. Um, and a British doctor cycle pass stopped, got out, give me some proofing. Just that placebo effect of having some painkillers made it not hurt as much. I mean, the first twenty minutes was like being blown up, no pain whatsoever. Okay. Second twenty, forty minutes for the ambulance. I was in the last twenty minutes, just just pure pain, agony, like a throbbing agony. Um, and the worst bit was you could hear the ambulance 10 minutes before it got to us because oh. it was at the bottom of the hill and you are at the top. You can hear it winding its way up. Um, and Anna had already descended, so I was worried about her as well. Uh, and Jensen, would I ever see him again? Honestly, I, I didn't know. It, it's proper touch and go. Um, remember when the ambulance got there, you sort of you felt safer because you knew there were proper paramedics there. Um, but yeah, they got out. And <laughs> from what David, who was with me, said, they jumped out, looked at me, and they they were ready to start running in the bushes to look for limbs, if you know what I mean. Because you're uh, what is going on here? This isn't a normal bike crash. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, no, no, no. Afghanistan bomb in his best Spanish, uh, which isn't Spanish at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they were there, and they got some pain meds into me straight away, and I started nodding. Um, I remember getting to the hospital, chucked me an MRI scanner, and... Yeah, that was it. I was out then, straight in surgery, where they literally amputated the end six inches off my le- left no, leg. Another stump. six inches. Off. Another six. Inches. The bone was so badly broken, it was just pieces. It was shattered, completely shattered. Um, so yeah, they took it off, um, and then from what Anna said, she saw me in the hospital that night. She didn't think she'd ever see me again. I was in that deep dark place. But the next morning, I woke up and I was texting her. It was. The meds had obviously worked overnight. They brought me back to a sort of conscious state. And then the day after that, they got me in for surgery where they pinned my... So the, my neck of femur and my femur had completely sheared. Right. Where the impact had taken it. Fortunately, my, I'd lent just right before I'd hit the lorry, apparently. Um, and that opened my hip up, which saved my hip. Uh, so they pulled my femur down and bolted it back to my neck of femur. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd, quite a bit of damage, but... Um, yeah, spent five days in intensive care and they went, you can go home. Really? Give us your flight number and we'll get you home. Um, but it turned out that the insurance company in the hospital weren't really talking to each other. I ended up spending nearly another week in Spain and by that point I contracted sepsis. Um, by the time I did get I did get home, um, which is the week after they said you could go home, I was in surgery and pretty much died on the operating table. And thankfully Miss Crick, who's at Salisbury, um, Salisbury Hospital she got me back round and I'm still here I would not be here without that woman she is amazing wow um, so yeah I spent 10 weeks in hospital operations every three days to clean it out and yeah I mean the pictures I've seen of it when she opened my leg up when I got back to Salisbury it all just felt a bit um, she had to take a further couple of centimetres off the bone because that had, sepsis had got into the bone um, so yeah not the best Honestly, I just thought, easy descent into Sola. Next thing you know, you're fighting for your life. It just shows you that accidents happen. Anything can happen. And again, you go through your thought process afterwards of what could I have done differently? I didn't do anything wrong. It's just an accident. Yeah, These things happen. Yeah. You can crash your car. Um, 
but back on the mental health thing, it was after leaving hospital, I, I, I was having sort of, not flashback, but just before going to sleep every night, I just kept dreaming about going into the side of a truck. Um, but fortunately, I just, just talking to people. I told Anna about it um, and I spoke to, um, I spoke to other people about it and it, now it's all it's back to normal. It's all stopped since I started riding my bike again. Has it? Okay. So, um, I mean, the pain after this, this has been a lot worse than getting blown up, um, pain wise, recovery time wise, um, because this is completely different. Um, it's just, I think all of that added to the fact that I was on my own. I wasn't at Headley Court. I wasn't surrounded by people in the same situation as me. I was having to do this myself. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the support of seeing a physio every day or an OT or an ERI. I was literally in my own front room doing stretches that I remember from Headley Court. Um, so, yeah. Thankfully, I've, I've, I'm up walking again on stubbies. Are you are? Uh, so I've, cool. Yeah, my hips, I went and saw my doctor two weeks ago and my hip, the, the bones healed properly. Nice. I need to have further surgery on it, but I can walk around on stubbies. Um, again, I've been in a wheelchair for nine months. I don't think that's help, helped mental health either because you've gone from being really mobile and really active to stuck in a wheelchair again. Yeah, well, you mentioned earlier, it's like having handcuffs. Yeah, having to ask for help to get something off the top shelf in a fridge and stuff like that it breaks me having to ask for help because I'm quite an independent person. But do you know what? If you have to ask for help, sit your hand up and ask, ask for help. Um, stop being so stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> and and like you said, talking helps. Yeah, talking so to talk. people. So <laughs> like, uh, um, again, talking to people and re I went through that whole thought process of like when I got blown up, I thought I'd done something wrong. But talking to people who were there and other people, it, it was just an accident. It's just a freak accident. I could nothing I could have done would have stopped that bike. If I'd have tried jumping off it, it might something might have hit me the other way. Or if I'd have tried turning the cranks, the bike would have flipped and I'd have probably gone under the lorry. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talking to people who were there and other people and it's just opening up. It, it it's helped me get past it. And so now I'm I'm just back to normal again. It's good. And you say you're back on the bike. Back on the bike, so I got the bike five weeks ago. I've not been on the road yet. I'm just keeping the garage on Zwift at the moment. That's um, fine. <laughs> no, I need to get new carbon fibre sockets made to go on the bike for my stumps just to protect them a bit. Um, but do you know what? Zwift's brilliant. Just, I was on the mountains today. I'm hanging this afternoon. My arms are screaming at me, but it's good. Nice, nice. Well, man, that's been, uh, <laughs> it's been quite, quite a ride. Ah, pleasure. Um, I suppose everything you've gone through with the military... At this point in the podcast, is there anything you would say to somebody that's either joined the military or just about to leave to become a veteran? Any advice that you want to share at this last um, point? Any advice? I mean, joining the military is a brilliant career. Whatever service you join, maybe not the RAF regiment, but that's a joke. <laughs> Sorry, I won't put that in there. Uh, but no, do you know what? It's a great way of seeing the world, literally. I mean, my brother was in for a while. He didn't deploy on an operational tour, but he went to Sierra Leone and helped with Ebola and things like that. And everyone has a different experience in the military. Um, and I'll, I'll reiterate, I don't miss the uniform. I don't miss the bullshit, but I just missed that sort of camaraderie 
you I've got friends in still now that are still in the military that will be my friends for life more than friends I had at school and things like that you you will never meet people like the people you meet in the military um when you've been in a situation where someone's got your back and you've got theirs and you're there for them you'll never you'll never forget that um so yeah I I I'd, I'd always recommend someone to join the military whatever you join if you join it's not for you it's not for you but try it um and leaving I actually know guys that have ended up signing back on because they miss it so much yeah um so yeah I mean if I still have my legs and stuff would I still be in who knows but that's life you don't know what's going to happen don't know what's around the corner yeah, right? but if you are going to make a decision commit to it and if you commit to it like I said earlier you generally generally your quality of life goes on an upward trajectory because yeah. you you want to do something if you commit to it you will do it um Whereas if you go into something half-heartedly, you're more likely to fail. Um, but yeah, no, I'd, I'd always recommend someone to join the military. I, I had a great time. Do I regret joining? Not, not one bit. I often get asked that: Do you regret joining the army? Would you? No, because I consider my life, even though everything I've been through, all the experiences I've been in the last ten years, I'd never have done that if I hadn't have been injured. My quality of life now is probably better than it was when I had my limbs. Um, would I trade it all back I'd love to have my legs and my arm back but they're not coming back so I can't answer that question I've just got to move on with life yeah and you've got plans and thoughts for the next few years um, and stuff once we're out of this pandemic <laughs> crap pandemic yeah no I mean the pandemic's put a put a stop on the sort of operations I need I need to sort this leg out first and get okay. walking again properly um, I just keep fizzing keep working and just yeah. keep keep myself busy I'm like I can't sit down for too long. Yeah, I think I completed Netflix during the uh, pandemic. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but again, it's just it's the card we've been dealt, and we've got to deal with it. Yeah, um, we will, we will, we will all come out of it eventually. Um, yeah. And there's always someone worse off than you. That's the way you got to look at things. But in the future, I need to get back in the water. I need to get diving. Um, I spoke to a few mates that are up in the hills. Maybe one day get up there with them, but. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I've not nothing set in stone. Train, eat, sleep, train, repeat. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Pleasure. Thank you so so much. Um, so thanks for sharing. Absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for your time. Uh, yeah, yeah, fine. No, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've absolutely loved it. And and most importantly, thank you for your service. Oh, don't say that. I can't stand it when people say that. <laughs> well, I think I think it's good because just that little thank. Yeah. No, thank you very much. No problem. This has been Military Veterans Podcast. Out.